Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Around the NFL podcast. Made it through New Horizon Monday. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. It's Thursday. Ho! Which is our Friday. And uh, one Mark Sessler, he's got that itchy, sometimes he gets a little itchy on Thursday afternoon. He's looking to get out the door as soon as possible. <laughs> no, Do not accurate. little Mark Sessler dog, Mark with a C. Not accurate. It just says, when we send out these emails that say, Hey everyone! Show starts at 1 p.m. and then it drifts from 118 to 122 to 131. It's suddenly 158, and we're still go- we're still gossiping and talking. Start the show. It's 116. Uh, let the record. That was some, I mean, this that was is actually Sessler inflation. This is on. actually on the better end of what we normally deal with when it comes to start times. There might be some Sessler inflation going on, but this show, over 700 episodes, has never, not once, started on time. Thank you. Not one time. I've been counting all these years. That's not true because we actually bet a sandwich on it once that it would start on time. And <laughs> that's and what I, it takes. We made it, we made it start on time to get it. That's what that's it takes. That's a that was total like manufactured joke, though. <laughs> um, what a manufactured pleasure. joke. <laughs> this is our Wild Card Weekend podcast. Oh, and it's a good one because not every year does Wild Card Weekend look so hot. Um Sometimes you could have as many as two, uh, sometimes a third. You might get a Connor Cook in there. You get a Connor Cook. Oh, yeah. yeah, you get a you get a, a second string quarterback. You get a, a Titans type team that just, <laughs> even if they survive the first weekend, they're just cannon fodder for whoever's <laughs> waiting on by. That's all out the we door. We had a Peterman at, uh, appearance last year, if you remember. Oh, well, it was a ghastly. Wasn't, ex- wasn't expected, game. but it came. We had a Peterman, but this year. I'll just go through the quarterbacks. We'll start here. Coming up this Saturday and Sunday, Andrew Luck. Oh, he's back. MVP. Deshaun he's Watson. back, the future. <laughs> MVP candidate. Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson. MVP candidate. Ooh la la. Dak Prescott. I mean, he's done some things. Phillip Rivers. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson. Sensation. Hottest, the reigning rookie of the month. Big d- Nick. Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> And Mitchell Trubisky. Also him. Team of ATL. One of the most exciting quarterbacks to watch. That is a great slate of quarterbacks. You're standing by that? Trubisky is one of the most. How long is your list if he's on it for most exciting? Exciting to watch? Yeah. He makes big plays down the field, and he scrambles as well as Answer any quarterback. The, how what many, what's your list, though? He's in the top what of most exciting? For exciting to watch? Yeah. Well, he's definitely ahead of Tom Brady right now on I, exciting to watch. So I mean, he's, in the, the, I'd that, say he's in the top ten for exciting to watch. Wow. Okay. Mark, you are not sold on the Mitch Trubisky 
Uh, I right. think he's made. There's games where you see incredible progress. I don't. I, he wouldn't be on my list of most. Right. I like. To watch, I think but, he's playing but, much better, but he would not be on my top fifteen. But it's for highly. It's highly subjective. Of if West feel, if that's how he yes. makes West like, feel inside. I like quarterbacks who make plays. Right. I wanted to he hear. I wanted to hear the the types the quarterbacks he was crowding out. That's that's exclusive. Well, company. yeah, the one who's afraid to take a hit and all he does is manage the game. He's out of my top exciting. Well, that's just one. There's a lot of there's a lot of great ones. Talking about Tom Brady. Yes. Yeah. I love it. He's a game manager who won't take a hit. What more do you want from me? I don't want anything. That's all. That's all I've ever wanted to hear from you. Seth, like talk this way about like his private life. Wes loves to see men like in pain. He wants to see them hit. Mm. Like that's what he gets. That's a theory. Most football (laughs) quarterbacks in history, Greg, who were good at playing football, stood in the pocket and took the hit and still delivered the pass. Sure. Greg, we are off to an interesting start. (laughs) I don't know where to go with that. So this is what we're going to do today. Keep it simple. We're going to go through each of the four games um, uh, in the wild card weekend, two Saturday, two Sunday. Of course, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Saints and Rams all on by, so we'll get them next week for the divisional playoffs. And just a little fun component that we'll throw in there this year. Excuse me. Greg uh, brought some burritos to uh, to the office, and we got pulled into an unexpected meeting by a shadowy league figure. And... Um, Kind of cut into my burrito time, so I had to kind of scarf that one down. Shout out to Tacos Por Favor. There is no meal I've eaten more in Los Angeles than the Alpa store from Tacos Por, Por Favor. I think I put down, I approximated today, at least 100, maybe 150. About 30, 40 a year for five years. Come well, on. this circles back to the tweet that when I missed the Twitter show, it did not make the show for some reason, uh, largely because I think I did not use the correct hashtag. But... Uh, that Greg was left out of a conversation, some question by a a viewer about some sort of, hey, you've got two foodies in the room, Mm. Damashek and Wes. And it's like, Wes is is a burgeoning chef, and I know that Damashek likes his fare, but like, give me a break. Greg is always discussing restaurants. He's always, he was eating tongue two weekends (laughs) ago. He is a foodie if I've ever met one. I think Greg's been to more restaurants since he's moved to LA than I've been to in my life. Wow. Are we now actively just trying not to start the podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I can, I can I didn't play bring this that game up. too. <laughs> Be out of here at 4.51 you know, p.m. in the afternoon. How about that? Let's get to the games. Uh, let, let's cut out the malarkey. You know what I'm saying? But thank you for the brief. He got an interview. It was delicious. Mike Malarkey got an interview. And, uh, you know, Godspeed, Mike Malarkey. And you know what? The idea of Mike Malarkey running an offense is a frightening thought. I mean, Mike here. Malarkey was in the divisional round last year. Remember that? That's pretty that never happened. If this is not a delay tactic, I don't know what is. <laughs> the man struggles with an offensive playbook and overall strategy. But this is not about Mike Malarkey. We're going to start in the AFC with the six versus three. Oh, that's what I meant to say. For the first time, we haven't done this before, Mark, and you let me know in detail whether you like this or not. We're going to add a who do you trust component uh, to the conversation today. Um, and we each will throw out one player, team, coach, what have you, that we trust. Right. It's not in question form like we've sometimes done. It's We're just telling you. Right. And don't forget your locks. All right. We all set now? Let's do it. The Indianapolis Colts, 10-6. and six. The number six seed in the AFC travel to Houston to face the AFC South champion Texans. Uh, the Texans held off the Colts, who charged hard down the stretch, as we know, after that 1-5 start. 
They finished 10 and 6. You do the math. I don't have to. I don't need to go to math class anymore, but this is what we could say, Mark. You have a tremendous matchup here between Andrew Luck, resurgent comeback player of the year favorite against the Texans. And let's focus to start there on that defensive line. J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, uh, very few tandems in football are more dangerous than those two men. And their battle against the Colts offensive line, much improved offensive line, will go a long way toward deciding this one, won't it? I mean, they're always a factor, Watt and Clowney, but this is the best protected quarterback in the NFL right now in Andrew Luck. And it charts back to who I trust in this game is Frank Reich. Because Frank Reich has found a way to do something that no other coach working with Andrew Luck in the previous years has done, and that's protect his quarterback so well over the last 10-plus weeks. These two teams started a combined 1-8, and eight, and what they've done since on both, on both fronts is impressive, but for me, much more so with the Colts, who have not... I feel like the Texans, and we've discussed a little bit, I, there was a sense to me that they peaked a, a few weeks ago, and when I saw it, went back and watched the Week 14 game, the, the final score of that game was 24-21, but it never really looked that close to me. Uh, the Colts won that game and jumped out to an early 17-7 lead, and what they did was they used T.Y. Hilton to flame Houston secondary, and I love that late in that game, even as they were just trying to cling to a lead, they barely, they essentially abandoned the ground game and kept aggressively even from deep in their own territory near the two-minute warning, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and doing it again. And I trust Frank Reich to stay aggressive on the road and to use all of his resources to make Andrew Luck the centerpiece of this one, and I do believe that they're going to take out Bill O'Brien and the mm. Houston Texans. I want to. I'd love to believe that, and I will end up picking the Colts, but my biggest takeaway from watching games and doing research this week is that we have been under... Who's behind the mask? Yeah, show us your face! Calvin Iverson! Take it off! Take it off! Oh, oh, take oh, it off! Oh, 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 no. Is this from the mask Singer? What were you saying, Russ? <laughs> okay. My biggest takeaway is that we've been underestimating the Texans and overestimating their injuries of late. Their offensive line isn't playing well. In this game, you have the most sacked quarterback versus Antonio, the least sacked quarterback. Now, you've been to a Super Bowl before. I mean, the How upset is here is that it's West, West not Mark you know, getting blown up being able with to this stay on little beat, skit. But it was exciting. I was glad to be a part of it, and I had a good time today. Dan, you were very excited about the Masked Singer uh, premiere. So you wanted to put it on the podcast? I, I, this has nothing to do with me. You haven't seen me touch my laptop once. Uh, yes, Antonio Brown was on The Masked Singer. But this is about the playoffs. Wes? Uh, I, you, I think I was at you have the most sacked quarterback versus the least sacked quarterback. So the offensive line isn't very good, but they're healthy. The secondary isn't very good, but they're healthy. The wide receivers aren't very deep. But they, this team is healthier than they've been in a few weeks, and they're getting a lot of guys back. And I thought they played really well against the Jaguars. Right, and they played well against I, the ladies, Eagles. Ladies, they were in I mean, Philadelphia. That was a close game. You see without his helmet more often, right? Mr. Handsome. Oh, oh, oh don't give it to oh, him. Oh, my God. Don't do it's it. his wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's happening. Go ahead, Greg. Nah, that's good. Yeah, why, oh, would go Greg, why would Greg want to fall into this trap again? 
I'll just I'm waiting to see yeah, what, what's going on. You want a stalemate? What's you next? got it. You got your stalemate. What? I'm waiting for you to make your point. No, you can go ahead. <laughs> My point being, I didn't have a point. I wasn't talking. I, I have nothing no. to do with this. Andrew Luck versus Deshaun Watson. What a, what a showdown. J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney, two guys on the edge. Um, Watt had 16 sacks. Clowney, nine. But they also combined to lead uh, the league in tackles for loss as a duo. To me, and that's how I set you up, Mark, I, I really do. There are games, though, uh, Wes, and you've seen this, where Watt has gone quiet. He hasn't been uh, maybe the all-encompassing terror of his prime. Uh, but he still is a guy that can take over games. He can, and he had he developed an arm injury last week in which there were portions of the game where it looked like he couldn't even use his right arm for leverage or couldn't reach out and grab the quarterback with I mean, that arm. He was arm. hanging limp at his arm as he walked into halftime. And yet he still got a sack after that. Like it, right. it, he's obviously playing limited, but he's J.J. Watt. So well, you can you can talk about the Colts out. offensive line all you want. They've given up 18 sacks all year. Five of them are to Watt and Clowney, so that – that that's like a, almost a third of the sacks that they've given up are in this game. Go, you know, trying to go up against Clowney right now. He's coming off a game a couple weeks ago that was as good as any I think he's played in his entire career. I've seen him carry them in a playoff game before. Like the two of them, when I you look at the Texans, you see four transcendent players that can just change the game by themselves. And maybe the Colts have. Have two or three with T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck and Darius Leonard. But you have Deshaun Watson, who's playing at a top five quarterback level, I would say. You have DeAndre Hopkins, who to me has been the most valuable receiver in football. And I don't think it's any mistake that they've started to run Deshaun Watson more over the last couple of weeks than they were early in the season. It's because now they see the finish line. He's healthy. They kind of did a more traditional drop-back offense. They showed that they can do that. Now that they're in winning time, I think they're going to use his legs more, and I expect to see that on Saturday. When they played the first time, the more disruptive line was Indianapolis, and it was Danico Autry, and it was Darius Leonard. I mean, they sacked Argus, huh? Deshaun Watson five times. I mean, and that's happened to Deshaun Watson in so many games at this point that I agree with you. They have to get him out of the pocket and have him but run. But he's, and a lot of it's just scrambled. I mean, he was like Alvin Kamara on the goal line. He is such an unbelievable runner, and the degree of difficulty on some of the throws he's been completing lately is just awesome. I went back and tried to, like, figure out the grades for quarterbacks over, the, like, the last five weeks, and he's been a top five or six quarterback over that time. And Andrew Luck is too. And I think the difference is there's more easy plays for Luck. I, we, we talked about how the Chiefs are kind of running out of easy plays. That you don't see as many layups from Patrick Mahomes. And the Colts and Frank Reich managed to figure out a few every week where guys are just wide open or they throw a bubble screen to T.Y. Hilton and he takes it. I mean, I think Frank Reich's done about as good a job keeping ahead of opposing defenses as anyone in the league. You know the only other time that the most sacked and least sacked quarterback ever met in the playoffs? Randall Cunningham versus it New was Orleans Saints quarterback uh, Bobby Aber. Bingo. Ninety-two. Mm. Mm. I think that was the year that our producer was born, if I'm not mistaken. This is Chris Ballard's. Uh, What's your favorite type of frog? This is Chris Ballard's. You know, season. He's getting executive of the year. We've been talking about Chris Ballard for multiple years. Forever. He went into last no, offseason in and he said. 
He said, here's what the Colts have wrong. We're not physical. We're a weak team. We're going to make them physical. And he did it. Like, everyone says that, but not many teams just do that, that they're the most physical team probably in the AFC South now. Mark, you have the Colts. Wes, who do you got in this game? I've got the Colts, but I, I, I'm I putting a lot more respect on the Texans than I would have a week or two ago. I've really waffled on this one because uh, I did think the Texans potentially had already peaked as a team. Uh, but I don't know. that the, the Colts – they took care of business in Nashville, but I wasn't head over heels about their performance either in that game. And the Texans at home, I'm going to take Houston. A very narrow win. Yeah, I'm taking the Texans. I would take either home team. I think this is a very even matchup. I think the Colts are a better team, but the Texans have better player, like better top-level players. We've been waiting for this Jadevian Clowney, J.J. Watt to be healthy with the football gods. I just feel like they have something special inside of them, and so does Watson, so does Nuke as a group. I don't know if this group's going to ever be together again. Clowney might leave in free agency, and to to give them the home game, I give them a little bit of an edge that they just have that juice and get through it. Plus, I'm rooting for it. You think they're going to let Clowney fan. get out the door without a franchise tag? They could franchise tag him. That is probably more likely for, for this year, but I guess I'm also thinking like, are him and Watt going to be healthy at the same time again? I don't know if they're going to pay Jadevian Clowney a long-term contract because he, he's going to get something close to the top guys in the league, and can you have him and Watt together? I don't know. You might have to make a choice. Keep him this year on the tag. Yeah. I don't know if he gets that money. That They're not sense. healthy together right now. Right. That's fair. J.J. Uh, Watt for Antonio Brown. Straight up. See ya. Bye-bye. Let us, <laughs> let us move on. The, uh, the Saturday night game. Uh, kicks off at 8.15 Eastern. The Seattle Seahawks, the number five seed, travel to Big D to face the Dallas Cowboys. Two teams, Chris Wessling, love to run the football, who struggle to protect their own quarterbacks, who seem to be evenly matched in a lot of ways, and their 10-6 records uh, reflect that. This is another game that's a tough one to pick. I agree, and I have a feeling I'm going to be the only one picking the Cowboys. Uh, You're right. Two teams that struggle to protect the quarterback and two quarterbacks who struggle to protect themselves, but also two quarterbacks who are brilliant in the fourth quarter. And Dak Prescott has more game winning drives since he entered the league than any other quarterback. Um, as far as who do you trust for me, this one's quite easy because I've been keeping an eye on these guys over the past two months. And it's the Cowboys defensive trio of Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. They are phenomenal they shut down the Saints, and they can shut out. They can shut down just about anyone. That's that's who I trust in this game. They got a little bit of a home field advantage too. Cowboys fans always get a get a bit of a a bad rap. Well, or actually, earned a total, they earned it for a, a long totally time. fair rap. But right. this year, they've they they embraced this team, and I think they like the defensive mindset that this team has, and they've kind of had a little bit of a home field kinda, this year. I guess I kind of missed that a little bit. Well, it was the actually – Cowboys have a bad fan base? It's, it, it was none no, other home, than Troy Aikman crowd would Jerry flame – Troy, Troy really? Aikman would flame that crowd, for not as a player, but when he was an announcer, for simply not showing – I think it makes – like, spoiled fan bases that have seen the, the, the highest level of the sports have a hard time, like, getting really excited when you're, like – going for that eighth win. But that's not the Cowboys. We we look at them that way, but they <laughs> right. haven't even been to the Super Bowl in 22 right. years. They're treated that right. way, but, but they, they aren't. Right. But they have that tradition. I mean, their fan base thinks that way, I don't you think? I the, mean, it's probably the like, older segment of the fan base. The, uh, I, I also think that this, this is a team, <laughs> like if you think when they played back in week three, what we thought of them, we thought of the Cowboys as kind of this boring middle of the road 
team. We thought of the Seahawks as kind of dead in the water. Brandon Marshall played a huge role in that game. Earl nice. Thomas played a huge role in that game. Leighton Vander Esch was a backup to Sean Lee. Who was the number one Cowboys receiver that week? Probably like Michael Allen Gallons. I don't know. Allen Hurts. Tavon Austin was back in the mix. They need to get Amari Cooper back, back in the mix, though, and that is a bit of a concern for me mm. that three straight games he has been very quiet. Had a cost, had a drop last week. Uh, I don't. It's not like a major problem. I don't think, but it's a little concerning that he's been so quiet. I think one thing that could carry over from that game from week three that feels like a million years ago is that Cal- the Cowboys' offensive line is at best banged up. I mean, Zach Martin is taking a lot of practice rest. I'm not sure he's 100 percent healthy. Tyron Smith has not been 100% healthy this season, and they bullied Dallas in that first meetup. They were up 24-6 to and sacked Dak Prescott five times, and they leaned on – they had nothing back then. They had to lean on Ezekiel Elliott through the air. They had no wide receivers. They're a different offense now, but you do need to be able to find a way to protect Dak Prescott, who played well last week. It looks like Connor Williams is going to start at guard for uh, the guy's name I'm not even going to try to say. Siafula? Siafula. Something uh, like and that. Connor Williams has basically been a disaster. That's who they took in the second round uh, over. That is overstating it. I mean, he's he he, has not been a disaster. He's been one of the lowest rated guards by PFF in the league, and he got but benched. But if you watch the games, he has he not got been a bench a disaster. For well, he was last week. He he was one of the reasons. They scored 36 points. A disaster would be like they couldn't even move the ball. Yeah, but you can have bad offensive line play and score 36 points. Dak Prescott did it. I mean, you couldn't have played worse than Cam Flynn. I mean, their left tackle did in that game who just got abused over and over and over. And Dak did a good job. And that was a good move for them to play him throughout that game because I I hope that he's feeling a little mojo because that was like kind of the Dak Prescott you wanted to see. Like these two quarterbacks are very similar in some ways in that they struggle with figuring out the balance of how long to hold the ball and you know when to make a play, and they both take a lot of sacks that are their own fault. Russell Wilson has kind of mastered this game and is playing at a really high level, but I think if Dak Prescott is going to be his best Dak Prescott, it's going to be very much like Russell Wilson. Well, they can and be he similar, did it last week. but I would take Russell Wilson 100 times out of similar, 100 times over Of Dak course, Prescott. similar styles. Russell Wilson is at a much higher level, but I think that those throws on the move that, you know, that Dak had last week, that's what makes him special. And I know that game didn't really mean anything ultimately, but I agree that having him go into the wild card coming off arguably his best game of the season uh, where he was just hitting pass after pass. And yes, it was again, a meaningless game, but it wasn't crunch time of a game that was going back and forth. I, I feel good about that. If I'm a Cowboy fan, I mean, Jason Garrett took over the team midway through 2010, one playoff win, since then, and if you if you go back to when they did win that Super Bowl, way back in nine in the winter of '96, if you told Jerry Jones, who was floating on a cloud back then, that he would not return anywhere close to the Super Bowl in the next twenty something years, I mean, they are treated like a team that wins it every three or four years, and they don't do anything close to that. And if you can't handle this game at home, what are you? You're a ten and sixteen. Well, this is a very even matchup. Though. I, I'm, I, I, I'm taking the Seahawks West, but I don't think, I do think these two teams kind of beg for close games. I mean, the Seahawks just barely beat the Cardinals. They lost. They just lost to the 49ers. I like the Seahawks in this game because I like the coach. I like the quarterback better. But it's not like it's some unstoppable defense that the Seahawks have right now. Yeah, I'm kind of in a tough spot because I said earlier this week on the Twitter show that. I'm almost certain that this is a three-point game or less. It's going to be a very close game between two evenly matched teams. But I also locked this game up. Oh, yeah. Next Thursday. And you know what? I'm going to stick with it. 
Because I do think, ultimately, the Seahawks are built for this with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. They know how to win games this time of year. And the Cowboys, for a lot of reasons, to me, I don't know if they're – I just don't know if they beat the Seahawks on this stage in this game. But I think it, w- it will come right down to the end of the fourth quarter. Mark, I remember weeks ago you were saying you couldn't wait to see the Seahawks on Wild Card Weekend because they were going to drop a hammer – on some unsuspecting team like the Cowboys. I named the Cowboys, but I I kind of feel that the Cowboys, to Wes's point, their strengths, their defense, are not going to go away in this game, and so it's going to be real tight. But I trust Pete Carroll. My point was I trust Pete Carroll and the coaching staff much more than I trust Dallas's outside of Rod Marinelli. The Seahawks are different, too, with K.J. Wright on the field, and he's been out there, and the two him... Puna Ford is playing unbelievable. Jaron Reed had has the quietest 11 sack, 13 QB hits, 26 hurry season of a defensive tackle I can think of. Like they're coming on and they're a different offense with Doug Baldwin. Maybe I don't feel too bad about this. I like the Seahawks in this game. All right. You you going to join me in the lock? No. Okay. Cowboys offense is last in points, yards and red zone percentage among the playoff teams. A lot of pressure on Dak to get to 20 points here because they are 9 and 0. They are undefeated when they score 20, and they are 7-1 and one at home. I'm picking the Cowboys in a close one, 23-21. Saturday night, Joe Buck. Mm. We often watch those games together as a group or some form of a group. Will that be happening? Hmm. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> I'd be in for it. Put on my schedule. Let's move on to Sunday now. The number five seed Chargers travel to Baltimore to face the Ravens uh, and – here we are. The, the Chargers have one of their best seasons in years, going 12-4. and four. They have the bad luck uh, of being in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs. So in this case, 12 wins doesn't even get you a division title, which puts you, which puts you on the road. And just as, so as luck would have it for a team and a franchise that hasn't had a lot of luck in its history, it has to go on the road to Baltimore, the same Ravens team that really – I mean, I know the game was close, Greg, and you talked about it on Wednesday's show that, or Tuesday, that um, they were Chargers were hanging in that game and they had a shot right down to the end until that big Antonio Gates turnover that led to the touchdown going back the other way. But that was as thorough a one-sided affair as I remember um, uh, when the score wasn't that far apart. So it was a 12-point game, but it felt like more than that. And I would think that this game for the Chargers – is a worst-case scenario for them after what an amazing season they had. Well, this got me thinking, like, and what matters more when you're looking at these matchups? We keep talking about last week, but what matters more? Last week, the last two, three weeks, let's say, for the Chargers, or the whole season? I'm asking it as a, as a legit question because I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's more predictive. I'd like to think that the entire season matters the most if you're healthy, and the Chargers are healthy. I mean, Keenan Allen's fine uh, for them. They're healthy-ish. They're, they're as healthy as they've been. They have Melvin Gordon playing. They have Austin Eckler playing. They have Keenan Allen playing. They're not missing significant players suddenly out of nowhere. Well, allow me, allow me to retort. No, I, I'm actually asking. I don't know. Maybe the last few weeks does matter more. Melvin Gordon injured his ankle and left the game last week in a game in which he didn't look nearly as explosive as he did for the majority of the season. So that's an injury that's a problem. Uh, Jatavis Brown, linebacker out for the year. They have lost their three best linebackers this year, and now they're playing the best running team of the last 40 years. 
So I, I think injuries are a factor for the Chargers, and I think that those are the two big ones. Well, I think one of the <clears throat> reasons that L.A. could not get out of their own way down the stretch in that game, because score-wise it was close, it, we always focus on the Ravens and their ability to run the ball, and they were able to do that in chunks. I thought Mark Andrews had and has, has come on for Baltimore and made some big plays along with Lamar Jackson finding him, but they got to Rivers big time down the stretch. They put a hurt on him and had a couple big sacks that ended drives, and I think it comes down to the Chargers line. You ha- cannot let that repeat itself in Baltimore. Yeah, they they got manhandled. I, I do think that the Browns showed a little something for the Ra- the Ravens aren't the Ravens are a really good defense and they're a really tough team to game plan for. They're not fast. I mean, I don't know if there's a slower safety duo in the league than Tony Jefferson and Eric Weddle. And I think the Browns kind of hit him on that. And you think of what are the what do the Chargers do well? They can run vertical. They have these receivers. Like, can they give Rivers enough time to throw a few bombs? Because you would think you'd be able to throw it over the top of them occasionally. I would say the one thing that they that coming out of that game, when you find out how much that they blitzed Cleveland and what they're probably going to try to do to Rivers as well, they blitzed him 22 times, and and on those blitzes forced three picks and allowed a 2.5 passer rating, the lowest in a game since 2016. And the, why is the formula that different with Philip Rivers after what they did to him last time? Right, it was just a few weeks ago, but I don't know. Don't you think if they and played the that game, and don't you think if they played that game a lot, it, it turns out different? That first game, I agree, it was never right. He threw an interception literally on the first right pass. away. The game, like, the tone of the game was right, awful. It was, right, it was right messed away. up, and they're and I've been killing their their offensive line, and that concerns me. Uh, and and the Ravens front with Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams, especially just are so hard to run against. And that's, what's made the chargers kind of special this year is they keep you off balance. Like they, you know, I, I don't think rivers has been that different, but the running game has been different and they've been able to be balanced. And that is going to be hard against the Ravens. I admit, but I'm rooting for the chargers. Well, the Ravens are so different than all the other teams in the NFL from their 64% running percentage on offense to their defense, which blitzes, more, more and better than just about anyone. So I do think for the Chargers, like playing twice in three weeks, that has to be a huge advantage for them because they're seeing something you, so unique and they're seeing it a second time. Then again, it's just a terrible matchup for the Chargers who aren't very good on offense right now. They're just not good. The running backs aren't healthy and playing well. Their offensive line is not playing well. You're right. And Phillip Rivers has six interceptions over his last three games. It's not a good offense right now. It's a big game for Philip Rivers too, and and we all like Philip Rivers in here, but he doesn't have the the greatest postseason resume. And how many more times? What is he? Thirty six years old, thirty seven years old. Now, how many more times is he gonna have a chance? Maybe never to take a twelve win team like the Chargers, even if they are a little beat up right now, uh, into the playoffs. So while it would be understandable if the Ravens held court at home and took care of business, if Philip Rivers plays the way he did in Week sixteen, and the Ch- Chargers go out quietly. What was this all about? What was all this hype and, and all the fun? It'd, it'd be a huge downer. It'd be a huge right. downer. Right. I guess I'm saying. You're right. Because we do hand out criticism to Eli and other quarterbacks when they falter. If Phillip Rivers has a dud here, he deserves a lot of criticism for it. Because you got to figure out a way to win games and when you have these opportunities. Yeah, it was a five-year gap from their last playoff game. What's to say they're going to roll back 
into this situation ever again with him at quarterback. You're right. And what's what's not to say they're not going to roll right into the Super Bowl? You know, you ask who we trusted. I trust Philip Rivers. There you go. I know the the last three weeks have been ugly, but this is one of the great <laughs> quarterbacks of our lifetime who's coming off what had been one of the great seasons of his lifetime. And I'd like to think the season matters more, and the players around him, especially the receivers, are really good. And that he's so he would say, God, what does he say? Dad gamut? Dad gummit? Something like that. I mean, he refuses to swear, so he just says dad gummit. Dad gummit. He, he's one of the dad gummit smartest quarterbacks in the league. Still he can right. figure this. <laughs> he can figure this secondary out. He can figure it out. He can do something heroic. I trust Philip Rivers. I'm surprised. You've been like Mr. Ravens for like the past well, know, five or six weeks. So this is are the Ravens. Well, have they're they fascinating. Back to the Rappers. No, they're now? fascinating to me, and this matchup is fascinating. And I, in my head, believe they're a better team, but my heart believes in Philip Rivers and and wants to see them win. And it's life's, messy. life's too short not to just root for what you want. Dadgummit, and that's why you're going to trust Philip Rivers. Watch that game at 1 East. No, all four Sunday. of us are locking up the Bears. What a boring uh, what not a boring me. week. Not me, baby. Oh, good. But that would I, be I, very uh, – Oh, no, that's right. We – uh, well, I think that's what happened because uh, unless Mark's locking up Wait, everybody's game. locking up the Bears? Yeah, we said we well, were last show. I'm just... changing course. I'm locking up the Ravens. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's beautiful. I was stunned that nobody was. After you said that the Ravens are the best running team in 40 years and there's a bunch of UPS guys in the linebacking corps, I thought it was a lock that you were locking the Ravens. I'm stunned that you weren't. No, this. the more I studied this game, the more I liked the Ravens. Really? And, and the less I, the more I look at what the Chargers have done recently, I just don't think their offense is very good. How right about now. their defense, though? Don't you think it'll be pretty tough? I think they're going to get bowled over. But they didn't in the first game, relatively. They, the Ravens actually ran for less against the Chargers than – I think against any team over the last seven weeks, and the Chargers. That's, that's why I think they're going to get bowled over because the Ravens didn't play up to how good they are, and the Chargers' defense isn't that good. Their strength Solid. is Joey Bosa and Ingram coming off the edge against the quarterback, where it coming off the edge doesn't really do much. They kind of ran right at Bosa last time too. He did which not you have should a good, do not have a good game. I do not like the Chargers at all in this game, but like mm. Greg with his heart uh, <laughs> rooting for Phil Rivers. I would. I don't want to be rooting against the Chargers. Uh, so that's kind of the main reason I stayed out of the mix on this game. Uh, we'll see how. I, all let's not be out. a prisoner of the moment either. This is a 12 and four team that Football Outsiders efficiency has them as the third best team in the league over the course of the regular season. They're a talented bunch that you said that Anthony Lynn hasn't even done that good a coaching job because they should be 12 and four. So why not be able to flip a switch and play much better? Like, like because an Eagles they're not the same we'll team. See. Because. Like I said, Melvin Gordon, to me, was one of the three or four most impressive running backs all year, and I would put him right now about 40th. Like, the way That's he's fair. running, he's just not Melvin they Gordon. They will need, there. like, two big Lamar Jackson mistakes to win this game. Hey, leads the league in fumbles, Lamar. Did you guys know that Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman? Lowe's! L-Dogs. Lowe's is our new go-to destination where we can explore the latest innovative Craftsman products, including their new V20 Power Tool battery platform. The Craftsman's V20 cordless power tool lineup features a high-capacity lithium battery that's part of Craftsman's interchangeable battery system, so it works with all the tools in their V20 lineup. Uh, Mark, V1 through 19, go. Name them? Yeah. V1, the turbocharger laser. Correct. Uh, V2... These, uh, the interdex. I think it's called the interdex uh, metallic ratchet. Yes. Uh, the V3. Are we? Is it V? V3. Yep. The Jaguar. Yes. Yep. Yes. I mean, we don't. I'll, you want to keep going? No. no I'll, tweet already, the, I'll tweet out the rest. Give me V4. You got V4. 
V4, like the, I think V4 is called the double horse. Yes. There's, double there, double, double ho- stallion, but I'll give it to you. Double stallion. That's what it was. Thank you. Uh, anyway, the V20 lineup gives you the runtime you need and the power you deserve, not to mention a longer cycle life resulting in an extended battery life. For the latest Craftsman product updates, visit Lowe's.com slash around. That's Lowe's.com slash around. Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman. Which takes us to our final game of Wild Card Weekend. And it is a game being played at 440 Eastern. The Philadelphia Eagles, who on the strength of a three-game winning streak and a little bit of help from the outside, have an opportunity to defend their championship in the playoffs at 9-7 and seven as the six-seed wild card. They have a tough battle here, Greg Rosenthal, because they get the Chicago Bears, the team of around the NFL, team that went 12-4, and four, but in their division, that was good enough for the title, uh, the NFC North title, which means they are home for this game. The Bears at home with that defense – it feels like it's their day, but the other side of the field has a quarterback that does special things in January. It, it does, and earlier this, you know, he he does earlier this week. You know, Wes asked me on our Twitter show to be honest, who do I trust more? You know, Nick Foles or the Bears defense? And you know what? He put me in a tough spot because I had just done this Foles thing. Of course, I don't trust Nick Foles as much as the Bears defense. I fibbed. <laughs> you lied. You lied on our. Other I didn't show. even. I didn't really it, even answer. Nice way of saying lie. You were, you were stuck. You stuck me in a bad spot. I and don't do this anymore because it rankles you. But sometimes you say things no. you don't believe. No, th- that's not true. But full. Yes, I was. It is. You I was having. You, you cannot that. lie on our shows. I was say. Here's what I said. I said Foles. Why would you? What was um? I mean, you know, you are you're so knee deep in these various narratives at this point. <laughs> you lied on our. I think. Show. What did I say? Oh, I, it was our confidence you meter. It a fib. We have so many different. Uh, we have so many different. You know, games. I had put one seventy eight. Specifically, false asked confidence. to be honest. But you can trust me. You can <laughs> right, trust Greg, Nick Foles. Yes. I fibbed. You could trust. It would have just Foles. ruined the whole. What the whole moment? How can you trust? anything more than the Bears' defense right now from what they've done for all 16 weeks. So I apologize to the team of ATL because they are the most consistent team in the NFL. They are. They're the same every week. And them shutting down the Vikings in a game that they didn't need to, blitzing like crazy on third and one and making Kirk Cousins just look like a little kid out there was in a game they didn't need to win was some of the most baller championship sh- I've seen from any team in a long time, and it got me thinking that, that this is the, the unit that I trust in the most right now in the entire NFL. That's why I'm locking them up against the Eagles. Well, nice lock. Kirk Cousins is a chump, bro. So uh, maybe there's an idea yeah, that he, you got sucked in by a Vikings team that was broken all season and a Kirk Cousins who is 4-26 no. against plus 500 teams in his career. No, because the you Bears, too much the Bears are the same defense every week. They're the same 11 guys playing as one. They're Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks being the, the best, maybe toughest team to run on, causing disruption. They won that game on offense, too, with two long drives against a very good defense with Josh Bellamy, Kevin Kevin White, White. and who is the other guy that you know? Wims? Javon Wims. Javon Wims was out there, and they're going 16 plays, you know, two times for touchdowns to end the Vikings season. That was some next level, like, wow, what does this team have in store for us next type stuff. They've only allowed four touchdowns in the past five games on defense. I'm locking this up, too, by the way. 
smart lock. It's I have not shown much love to the team of uh, around the NFL, and that changes on this Sunday evening. So there's only one person in the room then that trusts Nick Foles at this stage. No, I trust I, Nick Foles fine, but not more than the best. I think it's going to be a good league. game. I, mean, I think there are three things Nick Foles does better than Carson Wentz. Let's hear them. First one, he throws a better deep ball. He allows those receivers to make the play on the ball. Uh, second of all, the matchups he sees pre-snap, I think he figures out what the defense is doing better than Carson Wentz. And the third one is related to that. He's the best quarterback in the league against the Blitz. Statistically, he has a 132 rating, 81 completion mm. rate, 9.2 yards per attempt. Don't don't blitz Nick Foles. And I think that's why you saw 25 straight completions because he identifies the right guy to throw to, throws with touch and accuracy in a short area, and gets out of his hands quickly against the blitz. And that's I trust Nick Foles more than anyone uh, this week because of the track record. Uh, we've seen uh, both during this winning streak and when he was in the lineup uh, in the playoffs last year. I think, again, the house money angle of this. He is playing with a ton of confidence uh, the Eagles, they thought they never thought they would be here. So uh, the Bears, meanwhile, it's been a while since the Bears have been in this spot. There's yep. going to be pressure on this Bears team. That stadium, which is going to be going nuts at kickoff, that place can get tight if the Bears start slow. And you know who I don't trust? At this stage, Mitchell Trubisky. And he's still a young passer, and he and he's a dynamic young player, and he has a lot of potential. But am I going to sit here and say, I know for sure that he's not going to come out tight in his first career playoff game against the, a seasoned Eagles team that is not going to be scared off by the moment because they proved it last year. I just think the Foles-Trubisky matchup favors the Eagles, and that's the quarterback position. And I'm not saying that the Eagles definitely win this game, but I'm just saying they are not going to get blown out. They are not going to go down like chumps like Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Sure, Vikings. I totally agree with you. And I also think Fletcher Cox and Philly's defensive line has been – one of the more disruptive units in the entire league and could make things very tough. When I locked this personally, and the one thing I thought of, I am, and I, Wes, I just differ with you on Trubisky just in terms of how I feel about him, but I feel like I'm locking up the quarterback I trust the least in the uh, of any quarterback in the entire playoff gallery right here. And so that's, you know. It's a heat check for you. Because usually that would be the last thing you'd do in this exercise. I think it's a safe lock because the Bears, I've said for all along, they're going to romp. They're going to win their first playoff game and then lose their second. Then how good do you think they are if you think that's going to happen? I don't think they're great. I don't think they're great. I think Trubisky's played really well over the last three weeks. He's really avoided mistakes or even close to making mistakes. He's going to miss throws. I think that's just part of the package that he'll miss a few. But he comes up with some good plays and – I don't know if it's the coaching or what it is, but he started to like eliminate the throws that he shouldn't make. And and you mentioned Foles. Like I, I, it gets me thinking about Daniel Jeremiah was talking about it earlier this week. He was in the draft room when they drafted Nick Foles. Doug Peterson was the guy who was stumping for Nick Foles. A lot of people did not want him. Their room was disheartened, was really depressed that Russell Wilson went a pick or two before. Peterson brought him to Kansas City. He brings him to Philadelphia. These two guys have a like he knows Doug Peterson's offense. There were some stats this week. No one throws the ball faster than Nick Foles. No one throws the ball shorter than Nick Foles. This is a quick game. Get the ball out of your hand. We're going to beat you with our play calls type of offense. And it works pretty well. And if you're going to beat the Bears, that's kind of a, a good way to do it, I think. So I, I will admit that. The other guy who knows Doug Peterson's offense is Matt Nagy. I mean, this is an Andy Reid coaching tree game. And I think there's something to be said about how they're going to have to adjust and read each other throughout. Mm, this is going to be fun, boys. 
Wild Card Weekend. Pick the score in this one. All right, Mark. I think this is going to be a weird, like, Bears 19, Eagles 18. Hmm. Bears 31, Eagles 21. That's about what I was going, 30 to 20. I, I think they pull away. Foles, by the way, Foles has played really well. He, I don't think he's played, like, he's not playing at the level he was playing at the end of last season. I don't think he's playing at a, not yet. a much higher level than even Trubisky has over the last few weeks. He's had a couple interceptions. It, he's playing as part of a, a really good team. Uh, if I say I trust Nick Foles, I can't then pick against him. With all due respect to the team around the NFL, oh, the magic continues 26-23. to 23. The Eagles move on. Some disagreements. You're right. It's good. You're right. right. Yeah. Even our producer. My women's ESPN is telling me. What does that mean? <laughs> you're getting a you're getting a feeling in your yeah, womanly I know. body. Yeah, in my in my body that's a woman. <laughs> okay. I just I know. I Maybe just know. your womanly body should Show more loyalty to the team of this podcast. Ooh. <laughs> or maybe you're just getting flashbacks to when I, uh, I, the Eagles left you in a puddle of last tears. Uh, well, February. Well, think about it. You would go the other way with Erica. You would think she would be saying, oh, F that. Nick Foles is going down. He's going up in flames. But the fact that her heart is still telling I mean, you. she's not going to lie to our audience. It's just some everything, <laughs> everything is just repeating itself in the way that, yeah, the Eagles are hot last year for longer. But now, like the Bears, you're right with Mitch Trubisky. It's just not gonna. I want it to happen. I want them out, but it's not gonna. You know happen. what you're saying. You're, Time is a flat circle. You're locking it up, Tim Tambosi. I yeah, I am. <laughs> wow. Time is a flat circle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's Good. original concept. <laughs> All right. Well, when, isn't the Mass Singer coming back? What's the payoff? What do you mean? We had the Mass Singer drops at the beginning. You know that you and Mark were cooking up together. I hadn't lit. I had nothing to do with that. Confirm, Erica. I didn't even. Or Dan. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I'm just waiting for the, I, the I next did not, step. That was not something that I was a part of. We'll be back on Sunday <laughs> night with. Uh, although it is interesting, Antonio Brown. I will say this about the Masked Singer star. Um, his song was "My Prerogative," "My Prerogative" by uh, Bobby Brown, which was for something that was pre-taped. I assume months ago. Well, that's what weeks they said or months. Eight. There was that clip where they're like, "Are you an NFL player?" That they showed about two months ago. So yeah, it seems like that was pretty old. So the idea that uh, that <laughs> it would foretell what was going to happen, or maybe he knew that he was going to walk out on the Steelers to create hype around his television show, which I wouldn't put it past the man. I well, I think there's another angle that probably Mike Tomlin was very much willing to go all out in his uh, actions in this whole drama just to pretend that all this happened and to have this long press conference simply to make the masked uh, singer a bigger offering for Fox. Which was a big ratings hit. Wes, your thoughts on the masked singer breaking out, winning its uh, ratings battle in all key demos? I don't know what the masked singer is. I have no interest in knowing what the masked singer is. Neither does any of our international listeners. And I have no idea why it was playing while we were talking about a playoff game. Who's behind the mask? All right, that's it. We'll be back. All right, let's go. It's up to you. This will be the most that 95% of our audience ever hears of the Masked Singer. Oh, someone's freaking out. Oh, it sounds like an exciting program. It's on my DVR. All right, we'll be back Sunday night recapping all these games that we just previewed. So make sure you come back for that. Um, and, you know, leave comments on the uh, uh, iTunes reviews. 
comments, stars, all great stuff for us. Check out the Around the NFL subreddit, which is 10,000 and, sh- 10, and counting. And um, enjoy your weekend. Good football weekend. Football, baby. Oh, yeah. Sports. That, that's the cue. Whenever I say sports, <laughs> Ricky, that means it's time to go. Stan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Mark, wherever you got to go, this is your time. This like raging. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.